I get the privilege of bringing the word again today to Hilltop Church, of which I'm very excited. It's going to today maybe feel a little different. We've been doing a two-week series, I think now two-week series, on uh, gratitude. And today we're going to kind of veer off that path and take a different direction. Uh, We may come back, but uh, nevertheless, I think that this message today is kind of tied up into the gratitude series, although we may not see that blatantly. But before we do this, why don't we just actually, one more quick announcement. Listen, these little cards here are very helpful to the ministry. These are guest cards or first-time visitor cards. They're simply just ways that we can get to know those who are coming through, pray for those who are coming through, connect with those. We want to get to know you. And there's so many people, listen, in every ministry, especially this one, who fall through the cracks. Come on. And this is just a way that we can somehow seal up those cracks and get to know one another and become more of a family. Someone say, God loves family. Okay, thank you, Christina. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God. And Lord, we want to partake, God, of the wisdom and knowledge found in the word of God. So Lord, we ask, Lord, that you would open our hearts and open our ears to receive. And God, I ask, Lord, that you would anoint my words and anoint my speech, Lord, to pierce the human heart, God. Lord, I, no one has come to hear me, Lord. They've come to hear from you, Lord. And I just ask, God, for your children to eat from the word of God this evening. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you would, turn to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 12. I want to entitle this message, Running with Endurance, the Race God Has Set Before Us in Understanding the Way God Loves Through His Discipline. (gasps) Oh no, I said discipline. Jesus, it's going to get kind of, you know, maybe awkward a few times as we navigate through Hebrews 12 in your heart, but I just want to encourage you to just stick with me because it seems to, whenever we start talking about God as a disciplinary, you know, it's like, really? Really? Is God really like that? But I kind of want to just be able to uh, prove the case that God does truly discipline those he loves. Amen? Okay. And oftentimes, that word discipline in the church needs to be redefined anyways. We have such a stigma when it comes to really thinking God as one who disciplines. But it's really good, and we should be encouraged, as the writer of Hebrews says. And we'll get into that without getting too uh, far ahead of myself. So, Let's start in Hebrews 12, verse 1. And I'm going to kind of go line upon line, precept upon precept. So we're going to cut it up, unpack it, you know, dissect it, whatever. So just stick with me if you can. Okay, Christina, hope. All right. Verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to what? The life of faith. Let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Especially what? The weight of what? I know, it's a big three-letter word. Oh, Sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run the race with endurance. I'm sorry. Let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. That's a great scripture, isn't it? The first half of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Paul says, listen, hey guys, there's a huge crowd of people watching you. Observing you. Observing what? The life of faith of every believer. Do you know that today that there is a crowd of witnesses observing Hilltop Church, observing Daryl Temple, observing Christina Ho? You know, they're watching. And what are they watching? The life of faith that's in us. 
And, you know, rather if God adds to those great crowd of witnesses or not, what Paul, some people say that Paul didn't write the book of Hebrews. I happen to think he did. But, you know, if, if you're kind of sketchy on that, we'll just leave that as a little sketchy point. And we can just say simply that Paul is referring to, as, to the crowd of witnesses as the examples of faith that he references in chapter 11. Many people say, you know, like when their loved ones passed away, well, they're just going up to the great crowd of witnesses. And that may be true, but here Paul is just referencing chapter 11, the examples of faith, people like Abraham, people like Enoch, and so on and so forth. So Paul says, hey, listen, there's, there's a great crowd of witnesses observing the life of faith of every believer. And, and Paul goes on to say, in light of this understanding... That the understanding that there is a huge cloud of witnesses watching us, we should what? We should shed some pounds. We should lose some weight. For me, that's needed. But it's not just any weight, right? It's the weight of what? Especially, Paul says what? Especially the weight of sin. You know, it's, 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 that's kind of important. Okay, I, I just, you know, I know that he says first that, you know, uh, that we should, uh, I'm sorry, we should strip off every weight that slows us down, but he really emphasized especially the three-letter word, sin. Okay. Why? Because it slows us down, friend. You know, not too long ago, I'll give a little story and use myself as the object because it's always easier. Um, You know, Iron Man 3 was coming out. How many remember? And it took me a while to kind of get off the couch and go see that one. I really wanted to, but I just, my schedule wasn't lining up. And finally, at a small group, I asked uh, a couple of guys if maybe after small group, we could head down to the cinema and watch some Iron Man 3, right? I mean, who doesn't like Tony Stark? So I got three guys, two guys to sign up, including myself, that made three. I got Will, he's always go. And Steve, I don't know, his age, I thought he would want to go to sleep because of work the next day, but the bro was in in it to get it. So I was like, praise God. Steve's with me. Steve, no offense, bro. I'm old too. It's good. Uh, so us three guys after small group went down to the cinema, went down to go watch Iron Man 3. And you know, Boston's just not like Lawrence. You don't have a big parking garage or a big parking lot to park your car and simply just walk through the front doors. We had to search for a parking lot, uh, a parking space. And uh, you know, the parking space, although in my mind really seemed far away, really wasn't. But it, 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 when we started running to that venue, when we started running to the cinema, man, I feel like I was running a marathon, hallelujah. Because we were late, you know, I guess the first thing comes in your mind, what do we do when we're late? Let's, let's, let's book it. And nobody said anything. I think Will just actually was, he started booking it. And then Steve's like, yeah, that's a great idea. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, no. So I start trying to go. And man, this, the gap between us started to grow. I don't know if you took notice, but brother, I took notice, and I haven't said anything up until this day. <laughs> and I'm getting winded, and that gap is just growing, and, and I, I can't even see Will anymore. And, you know, Steve, he's pretty slender in shape. He's gone, and I'm just, oh, dear Jesus, Iron Man 3, I'm going to miss the openings. And I, I, I just may be having a heart attack. It was pathetic. But I say that all to just say this, that as in the natural, so it is in the spiritual, isn't it? And I guess the example for me in that, as funny as it may sound and as lame as it may be, I could get the analogy of what Paul was talking about. 
but when weight slows you down, you know, Will can eat whatever he wants, bro. I have to watch it, okay? And he can run a good race, and I can't keep up. Man, they were already ordering their tickets, getting their, and I think Will actually just, he got like this thing of mercy. Come on, where's Daryl? Where's Daryl? And I, I'm like, sweating. I'm, yeah, let's get the ticket. He's like, you know, Daryl, are you okay? But you understand what I'm saying. As it is in the natural, so it is in the spiritual. The weight of sin can slow you down from running the race God has set before you. And Paul, or the writer of Hebrews, is saying, I encourage you to do away with it. I encourage you to lose some weight. Somebody say to your neighbor, lose some weight. No, don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that, especially to me. Praise God. So, God wants us to shed some pounds, right? And, and, and the funny thing here is that Paul doesn't really emphasize the running as he much in emphasizes endurance. You know? Man, I, I ran. <laughs> I didn't quite have the endurance to keep up, but I ran and I did it. You know, there's a lot of Christians running out there. You might even feel like that today. Like you're running, but you really don't have or possess the endurance to finish and finish well. You know, being a house of prayer, uh, you know, J-Hop, house of prayer type deal, you see this all the time where people really get inspired and provoked to do. Have you ever been inspired or provoked to do something out of the ordinary or something that you feel God has called you to do? You just, maybe you're in a time of worship and you're, you get this vision of you doing something that you don't normally do and you're like, oh, how is this going to work? And you just say in your spirit and you say in your heart and maybe to a couple of friends, you say, I'm going to do this. And you just know you're not going to do it. Or you may do it for some time, but that thing just, it, it, it goes as quick as it came. You know, I love this. Brother, I just feel like the Lord has spoken to me to lead a prayer set. I'm like, praise God. Praise God. Yeah, let's do this. Come Saturday. They come Saturday, and they're getting some training. They're, they're hearing what we're doing and kind of just, you know, coaching them and teaching them on how we do the things we do at J-Hop. And, you know, it's good. And I'm like, yes, yes. Somebody's going to do this. Awesome. First week, hello, yeah, I, I, I'm sick. And, and, you know, and you can hear, like, planes in the background, birds, you know, but whatever, it, 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 it fades out fast, doesn't it, people? You know, when God calls you to something, there's not necessarily, you're not necessarily always equipped within the endurance to, to accomplish that task, right? Running is good, but running with endurance is better. Amen? Because fortunately, this race that God has called us to run is not just a sprint, it's not just a short little jog when Daryl gets inspired that he's just done with his weight and he's like, honey, I'm going to go for a jog. And she's like, yeah, that should last long. No, no, honey. Every night, seven o'clock, I'm going to run. And she's like, yeah, praise God. And I do it the first week, but it doesn't last long. You know, this is not just a sprint. It's just not a short uh, jog when you get inspired this is a marathon, and it can last a lifetime. It, it will last a lifetime. 
Steve, I know I'm not that good looking, but please don't look at me like that. I'm very self-cautious. Praise God. Let's turn, and hopefully I can find it. I'm sure I can. Uh, to 1 Corinthians 9, 24. This is just some scripture that will maybe help um, show my point here today. Okay, starting in verse 24. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? Makes sense, right? Thank you, Paul. So run to win. Say it with me. Run to win. Some of you aren't running to win. All athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win the prize that will fade away. But we do it for what? An eternal prize. So I can run with purpose in every step. Just, just close your eyes. Take a moment with me. Paul says here, I, so I will run with purpose in every step. Come on. I am not just shadow boxing. That's what Paul says. I'm not just shooting in the dark. Okay. I discipline what? My body like an athlete. Training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. These are some inspiring words. You know, we'll just let the scripture speak for itself. Let's go back to Hebrews 12. Luckily for us, the writer of Hebrews, Paul, doesn't just tell us what to do, but he tells us how to get there. Don't you just like that about Scripture when it doesn't just, like, leave you in the dark? Just like, okay, that's great, that's provoking, but how do I do it, and how do I get there? Well, luckily for us, this portion of Scripture does not leave us in the dark. Let's go to verse 2. We do this. By keeping our eyes on who? Wow, you guys are really excited. We do this by keeping our eyes on who? Thank you. The champion who what? Initiates and perfects our faith. Come on. Now he gives the explanation of why Jesus is our personal trainer. No, I'm sorry, our champion. Because of the joy awaiting him, him being Jesus, he endured the cross Disregarding its shame, now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. So how do we do this? We keep our eyes focused on Jesus. It's not just like, it's, it's not just Jesus high and seated on the right hand of, of, of the throne of God. It's Jesus who was enduring the cross. How do we know this? Let's go down to three and four. Paul says, or the writer of Hebrews, Think of all the what? Hostility he endured from sinful people. So this isn't Jesus high and lifted up. Paul's trying you to uh, get you to think of and to envision. He's trying to get you to see Christ suffering at the hands of hostile people. Pretty much his death, right? Some of you that just went, Phew. it's not that hard. Let's read. Three, think of the hostility he endured from sinful people then you won't become weary and give up. I don't know about you, but whenever we can look back to what Christ did on the cross, I could say confidently that that must have took a great amount of endurance. 
And then Paul just slaps us in the face kind of just for with our own kind of with just some words. He just kind of says, wake up. He says, after all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin, but what Christ has. So Paul's saying, listen, it's not going to be that bad. You won't have to go to the extent that Christ, do, that Christ did, but if you, can, if you can make a mental image of Christ enduring the cross, here's, here's Christ, fully God, fully man, suffering, hostility at the hands of sinful people like you and me. Isn't that an image? But Paul says, or the writer of Hebrews says this, to provoke you and say, listen, if you can put this in your mind's eye, you will not get weary. You will not give up. You will not cower at the first sign of adversity. Come on. So think of Christ. Think of Christ suffering. Kind of brutal, but it's the scripture. Let's go on. It seems here, and this would be my second point of the message, it seems as though the conversation or the scripture begins to take a little bit of a turn. Um, but it all, I think, links together and makes sense. So let's be careful just to, um, to follow along. Let's read in verse 5 of chapter 12, the book of Hebrews. And have you forgotten the encouraging words? I just chuckle there because I, I really don't, you know, see it. But, and have you forgotten the encouraging words God spoke to you as his children, he said? My child... Don't make light of the Lord's what? Discipline. And don't give up when he what? Corrects you. Wait a second. The Lord disciplines and corrects? Doesn't sound like, you know, a modern day Jesus or doesn't sound like a modern. Everything's so PC in the church. It's so politically correct. You can't. You, Daddy God, Father God. I love it. I'm there. I love that God's my father. No issue. But friend, today, unless we can reconcile that God is father, yes. And listen, I'm a father. But if you think that I'm going to let my son get away with craziness, uh-uh, at least for 18 years. I'm not going to be slapping him on his butt when he's 18. That's just a little awkward. Okay? But we have to reconcile. There's, there's such a PC, politically correct attitude of the church where we can't see Jesus anything other than lover and father and God, oh, daddy, Yes, but you will never really honestly see the true nature of the heart of God as Father if you cannot embrace that he is one who disciplines and corrects, as the writer of Hebrews says here, verse 6, for the Lord disciplines those he what? He loves. Thank you, Jesus. This is the encouragement. Listen, if you're not being corrected, if you're not, uh, if God is not disciplining you in some way or another, then you're in trouble, son. You're in trouble, daughter. You, uh, listen, I'm not saying that we go out looking to be disciplined by God. Hear me. Okay? But we should be very open to being corrected by God. It should be the kind of attitude that David had. Search me and know me, God. See if there be any error in my ways. That, that's a heart God can work through. Verse 6, for the Lord disciplines those he loves. I'm just repeating, and we're, we're going to, Kind of get through this word together. So if you just bear with me. For the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes. Ah, 
Each one he accepts as his child. Verse 7, as you endure this what? Divine discipline. This discipline is divine. It's not like your earthly dad. Some of us cannot get over this attribute of God because our, our earthly relationship with our father is so scarred, so, uh, it's so hard, it's just a bad experience. Listen, it's divine. It's not earthly. That's what he's saying. Don't equate God to the natural sense of how your father raised you or how he didn't. Remember that God is treating you as what? He's just, the writer's just affirming us. You know, he's just not saying, God's going to discipline you. You better watch out. No, he's saying, you're his child. You're his children. And this is how God proves that to you. He disciplines you. He corrects you. Come on. Affirmation, but yet truth. I love it. As you endure this divine discipline, remember that God is treating you as his own children. Whoever heard of a child who has never been disciplined by its father? If God doesn't discipline you as he does all of his children, it means you are illegitimate and you are not really his children. No, I am not saying that. That is actually what the scripture says. Don't get mad at me. I'm just delivering the mail. Okay. The thing that should concern us the most from this passage of Scripture is verse 8. It shouldn't be any of the language, it shouldn't be none of the language of God being, you know, using discipline and using correction. This right here, verse 8, should be the most alarming part of this whole text. If God doesn't discipline you, as he does all of his children, it means that you are illegitimate. Man! That's real. What do I do in light of a scripture like that? I say, Lord, I am open. Search me and know me. I'm your son. Listen, this word discipline needs to be redefined within the church. As, as, as many others do. It seems as though because maybe some pastors or preachers have presented it in a negative way, in a negative context, that we just, we throw it out. It's just, it's not useful. It's not good. Pastors are using it to abuse people. No. Just because someone has misused scripture or misused prophecy or we don't get rid of it that is dangerous god is nothing like us friend he's nothing like us and i like how the writer of hebrews starts this off he says listen have you forgotten what the encouraging words this means we should find this to be encouraging this means that when you are in a season of god's discipline that you are joyful because you know it says that you are a son and a daughter and not an illegitimate person come on i said it last sunday the best thing i feel as though bob sorge said well, the whole thing was good that would be totally bad to say but the thing that stuck out in my heart the most is when he said you don't want god to leave you alone huh. Who has a theology for one day being a pastor and a worship leader and all of a sudden losing the very tool that you need to minister to the people? 
What theology is going to help that when God crashes in with some discipline or crashes in with some correction? What's going to help that? PC Jesus? Politically correct Jesus? No! It's a Jesus that's viewed as a loving father who disciplines his children. We know Bob personally. And from his testimony, I can say this confidently, that he believes that what happened through his voice, uh, losing his voice, it was actually the discipline of God in his life. Who, who thinks like that these days? We sign up and it's just the bless me club. Like you get, you get a better car, you get a better life, better girlfriend, you know, I don't know, whatever, better, better gas mileage. It's, it's, it's endless. Try to tell that in the missionary, to a missionary who's, who's going to a foreign land where the gospel is not accepted. To try to tell them that, that once you sign up, friend, life is just good and great and grand. No, friend, you might lose your life. And when you're shaken, can you stand? If you're faced with, uh, you know, any opportunity of being a martyr or something or dying for your faith, could you stand? A, a PC gospel isn't going to help a friend to stand in a hostile environment. I really do love you. I really do. And I'm just passionate, that's all. So Paul gets, or the writer, I keep on saying Paul because I just, I believe that Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. I think that theologians can back that up. There's still an argument, so I, I, I want to be careful there. Um, but uh, the writer of Hebrews is references, referencing in the beginning where, where it says, um, uh, and uh, have you forgotten these encouraging words? God spoke to you in verse 5 and 6 and 7. He's actually quoting Proverbs 3, 11 through 12. It wasn't just some new thing. This was something that God spoke in the Old Testament. Amen? Okay, just for you to know. So, this leads to some of the, conclu the conclusions or the concluding thoughts in verse 6. Um, oh, we already touched upon this, so. Just a couple more verses that might help us. Proverbs 12, 1 says, Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof our discipline is stupid. Uh, don't get mad at me. Okay, I'm not calling you stupid. It's just the, it's the word of God. It's Proverbs 12.1, the NLT, okay? All right. Uh, Job 5.17, I think if there's any person in the word of God who had context and actually the life experience of what I'm talking about today, it would be Job. Job 5.17 says, Behold, blessed is the one whom God reproves disciplines. Therefore, despise not the discipline of the Almighty. Come on, those are good scriptures. If there's anybody, I think, who, again, uh, kind of, you know, exemplifies uh, this, uh, what I'm talking about today, it would be Job. It would be Job. All right. Let's, um, let's, let's bring this to some closer, closing statements here, and we'll, we'll move on from this point. Um, further down, I think we're going to go uh, to verse 9 of Hebrews chapter 12, and we'll conclude here. Let me just find it here. Sorry. Since we respected our earthly fathers who disciplined us, shouldn't we submit even more to the discipline of the Father of our spirits, who lives forever? For our earthly fathers disciplined us, this is verse 10, 
for a few years doing the best they knew how. But God's discipline is what? Always good for us. So that we might share in his holiness. That's a remarkable statement. This connection between the discipline of God actually being able to share in the Lord's holiness. I don't know about you, but whenever I come out of the season or whenever I'm in a season where I feel like the Lord is correcting and disciplining and refining me, I feel like not only do I get a glimpse of his holiness, but I feel almost holy myself. There's something, you know, I, listen, I'm not saying I'm perfected in holiness, not at all. But there's something so, that's so cleansing and so life-giving and peaceful when the Lord goes in and operates in my heart and operates in my life. I'm always the benefactor, I find. Uh, it's hard in the season of being reproved. It's hard in the season of actually feel, I felt it, you know, you, you, you get even more of it when you're in places of leadership, you know, it's just like the, the error of your ways are always before you. And, and God speaks very clearly at times. And man, your heart's just like, oh man, he uses your wife, he uses your friends, he uses your friends, friends, he uses a dog, no, but you know what I'm saying? But I find that Man, I am the benefactor. I benefit greatly. It's actually scary. I get scared when I feel like the Lord's not trying to get a hold of something in my life. Now, that may be hard for you because some of us may have like a real bad theology of, of God, the disciplinary. But, but I, I actually welcome it and love it. I actually get more scared when I'm just coasting. When nothing affects me, nothing bothers me, that gives me panic. It's like, Lord, I, I can't, you know, and I know I'm getting away with things and it just seems easy and I'm just going, yeah, whatever, blowing through life. But man, it, it, it's actually alarming because at some point it catches up to you. And then at some point, if your heart is tender, the Lord will speak and then it all just comes crashing down. That's a good place to be, friend. That's a good place to be. Why? If I could encourage you in this, is God some angry man sitting in heaven just looking for whom he can swat? That's what we call it in our family. No, he's not. Am I some angry man who actually uses forms of discipline for my child? And yes, maybe that may sometimes take a little on the tookish. He's got plenty padding there. He'll be all right. No, but I would say it would be a more of a danger for my son just to be like this. Yeah, okay, cool. Oh, you talk to your mom like that? Great, yeah, cool. Great, yeah, praise God. Yeah, okay, yeah. You just broke the front window by getting angry and throwing a baseball bat through it. Great, great, praise God, we'll just get a new one. No, I'm not doing anything. And what do you think if the Lord, the Lord's just turning a blind eye? to the sin that so easily slows us down or trips us up? No, he's not. It would be, it would be unloving, as Hebrews said, for God not to do anything. It would be, un, it just would not be right, and it certainly wouldn't be fatherly. You understand what I'm saying? I, listen, hear me this. I am not saying God is an angry God looking for who he can crush. 
But I am saying, God, you should fear him. And you, rather than him crushing you, should fall on the rock and be broken. That's what I'm saying. There, there just, we need help. I see so much in the church that we're just kind of skating around these kind of topics. And we're just kind of making God just look uninvolved and uninterested. And just, he's just a peace hippie up in heaven just saying love, 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 love. And turning a blind eye to, to the, the sin and the corruption and the darkness. No, he's not. And, and if you're there, if you feel like God's not involved in this area, man, I want to encourage you, get God involved. Hebrews is very clear. If you don't feel the discipline of God in your life, you are an illegitimate child. That means you are not of God. Now, I have absolute confidence and faith today that none of us are there. But if it's even in your heart that you can reconcile and see God as a loving father who uses discipline to prove his love, to show his love, it will be helpful to you. Amen? Amen. Well, if you could come, we're going to close here. We don't want to be careful with our children workers. They, now with the extended time, they have the children just a little bit longer. So we're trying to be gracious towards that. But I thought an appropriate thing to close our message, our time together, would be just to take communion. And um, I'd like to um, read a scripture that would segue into that. And um, Will's going to do a song. And after I read the scripture and pray, please feel free to uh, partake of the elements here. The grape juice.